Kiara, ni hao and hello. Welcome to the Cherry Journal podcast. I'm your host Camille Yang. On the show, I interview global citizens who follow a unique path to build a better future, and share stories and tips they learned along the way. My guest today is Gabriel. He's an 18-year-old Italian and currently lives in northern East Italy. He has been homeschooling since 2020 and now exploring the art of sculpture, bell design, and digital fabrication. We discussed homeschooling, writing in bilingual, future of education, and Gen Z. I hope you enjoy this episode. How are you doing? I'm good. Very nice to meet you. It's a pleasure for me. How do I pronounce your name right? Is it Gabriella or Gabriel? Gabriele. 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 Okay. Yeah, but with okay. the Italian R. I mean, it's yes. R. Gabriele. Wow, that's so hard. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Gabriel. Yeah, I'll I'll try to practice my Italian. Then I can pronounce your name properly next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, what makes you to decide doing homeschool? I have been enrolled in public education here in Italy, like for the last three years. Because before that, I attended a anthroposophic school.、Uh, I don't know if you ever、uh, heard of it. No. Okay. He was a philosopher, and whole system of schools has been created around. His philosophy. He studied education and developed a、um, education system. And I attended that. Then I enrolled in public in public school, which is very different from the school I was in. I mean, there we had a lot of freedom, outdoor spaces. And then I, I started attending public school. I started seeing all the things that did not work. Most of the teachers did not know here in Italian public school, and we have a big problem of quality of teaching. I mean, most of the teachers are there just because they they try to enter in the position, and therefore they not, do not know what they're teaching most of the time. They have like a graduation from philosophy school, but then they they are not able to teach philosophy. So I I had all these teachers. I mean, I also had good teachers, like very good teachers,、mm-hmm. but most of them would were just reading from books. They read all the time, but there was nothing. That was added to the the teaching. It's what just、uh, reading, loud reading. I was listening, but that gave me nothing. That was okay for me for the first two to three years because I was like exploring、uh, the life of of this new situation, this new school, and all the freedom that came with it. Because I was、uh, I was older and I started to. To go out and night and so on,、mm-hmm. but then I started to think about my future and about the fact that I wanted to achieve something that was higher than the standards that school imposed on me.、Mm. Then last year in 2020, we started to this school with the pandemic has gone full remote. So we we were just in front of the laptop and listening to <laughs> my teachers reading, and I started to experience. The the freedom that you have while studying at home, I was not very happy about my school. So I didn't. It it was far away from my my house, like an hour and a half of bus every day, each day, and so it was like、uh, a lot of effort to to attend. And I started to experience the freedom that I had studying at home. Then I noticed I noticed that 
teacher, teachers were just reading and that I could read at a much faster pace than the teachers. So I decided uh, to, to retire from school. I don't know if mm -hmm. retire is the, the right Drop off, word, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I dropped off and, and started yeah. studying by myself because here in Italy, no one has really been doing that of my age. They had not done anything similar. They attended school all the years that they, they had to and their parents did so. And everyone does that. I mean, 90% of my friends go to school and do all the things that they are supposed to do. So I, I was like an, an outsider. Your question was about why did I start to homeschool? But I, I did not know why until I started. Mm -hmm. I mean... While homeschooling, I, I started to see that school did not give me the freedom I needed. More importantly, uh, it did not give me the, the instruments, the intellectual uh, tools to explore and comprehend the world around me in this age. I, I do not know much about like the education system of the United States or England, but I, I heard a lot of people talking about them. And most of the people say the same things. I mean, we have the same problem. We have an education system and a school system suited for the industrial age. That's made to prepare you for the factory, to become or a factory worker or blue-collar worker, but not a free human being in the information age, in this age, entering this age for the last 50 years. I do not know. It's normal that we have not yet adapted. Before, we don't have the access to all the information. Basically, teachers know more than us. Exactly. But uh, with the internet, we have access to every channel. If we are curious about one subject, we probably know more than teachers. I'm from uh, academia background. I always challenge the status quo, like why mm -hmm. we always need to follow every subject's We, we need to learn that won't be useful to our future just to follow our curiosity or learn something like up-to-date knowledge. Because, you know, a lot of uh, books and knowledge, they are like 20 years ago. Like, they, they, don't, they won't renew every year. And it's impossible. I mean, you, you cannot renew the school system every year. And it, it was not needed 100 years ago because the world <laughs> changed at a much slower pace uh, I'm sorry about my pronunciation no, there are no some problem. words that <laughs> now we have a world that's changing rad radically in like five years and we are seeing it I mean when I started to go in school no one had a smartphone now everyone has a smartphone everyone has access to knowledge of the world mm -hmm. and teachers do not use this technology and it's absurd because right now i'm homeschooling i can attend uh, lessons from the best teachers in the world for free the majority of the traditional teachers do are not that good i mean i'm sorry to say that but they are not that good i have this opportunity i believe that schools can have a, an important role but they must become something else i mean I would love right now, as an homeschooler, to have a school in which teachers can help me learn. But it's useless that the teachers tell you information that's outdated and they tell you it in a bad manner. I did not get anything from some of my teachers. I was not understanding. Then I go on the web, like on Khan Academy, there are some lessons that explain math in such an easy way. <laughs> and I had uh, teachers that 
tried to explain it, but did not really understand it themselves. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. Yeah. It reminds me about when I was in high school, my physics subject, the total score is 100. I always got like 20 or 30 because the teacher, always, as you said, they just read the books. When I was in high school, I didn't get anything from the teacher. So I thought, oh, probably I'm not good at physics. That's not my interest. But uh, after I graduated, I'm very into physics. I got the curiosity in quantum mechanism yeah. and other physics formulas and laws. And I just started myself. Then I thought, oh, wow, actually, I do interest in physics. But uh, that teacher just made me waste 10 years just letting me self-doubting my interest in physics because I know, oh, okay, I didn't get a good school, which means I'm not good at that. And there is also uh, another problem that made me think that I should start homeschooling Mm -hmm. this mode of mass education i mean they are trying to educate everyone at the same in the same way Mm -hmm. at the same pace on about everything and that makes no sense i mean the only thing that we know for sure about humans is that we are all different in a lot of ways physically mentally about our culture is very different most of the time and among groups of people that are similar that have the same culture. Everyone has its talents, its interests. If I had teachers that helped me uh, develop my interests and my uh, talents outside of the curriculum, like most of my interests were not on the curriculum, but I was very interested about them. I could have persuaded them in a deeper way. And therefore, I could have had uh, a greater impact on the world, on our community, on the, the society, much earlier. Because I could have started to, to build something, to build a thing that I can do best. Everyone, every one of us has something that they can do best. Mm-hmm. Their talent, I don't know, know if talent is the right word, but a combination of things, of, of opportunities, or situation of talents that allows them to do that specific thing better than everyone else. I mean, we should help uh, students cultivate that. And it seems the only logical thing to me. Yeah, I am just surprised why education system around the world is similar. Uh, I did a Chinese uh, education throughout my young life. I just thought, oh, Chinese government probably did spoon-fading system. Then I heard my American friend, English friend, and you mention that it's everywhere. It's very common around the world. That's very interesting. I I started studying about the education system uh, right after I started homeschooling. I have a great interest in education. In my studies, I, I found out that it's not like secret information. You can go on Wikipedia and, and find about this. The current system is based on the system developed in 1700s in Prussia. Prussia was a nation at the time, now it's Germany. It was made to uh, educate soldiers. Oh, okay. Prussia was very heavy on military and they needed like good soldiers and people that could be like obedient or knew the same things because it's useful for military purposes. And then it was taken on by uh, Napoleon in France to educate the upper class. It was not made uh, allow people to grow and learn and become the better version of themselves, but just to have 
citizens that made the, that did the things they they had to do, be obedient and standard. And it was what's what was needed at the time by the government. And I, I'm not saying it's bad. It's bad. I mean, the this system has worked wonders for 200 years, but now we are in a different age, and the world needs something else. Yeah, I wonder: Are there many of your classmates? They follow your path, or you are the only one quitting school doing homeschooling? Of my classmates, no one else has done this. But uh, many of them just try to uh, go uh, abroad for a year. I had a lot of classmates that tried to do a year abroad just to escape the the, the system. <laughs> One of my best friends has gone to to France for a year,、mm-hmm. and now. She is back, and she would love to start homeschooling, and she's not very happy about the system. But I mean, there is this great social pressure about going to school in the traditional manner. It's quite difficult for me to explain what I'm doing. Most of the people hear that I dropped out of school and immediately start thinking that I I do not want to do anything. I just want to like start working and. Uh, I do not want want to hear anything about education anymore. But I I dropped out of school to study. It seems like an, an oxymoron, but、uh, I dropped out of school to study better, to study more, and of to study the things that are relevant to me, that I think are useful in today's world. Yeah. So how do you find your interest? And how how do you discipline yourself to learn? I'm not sure about you, but when I was young, and a lot of、mm-hmm. my friends and and including me, we all like partying. We probably don't have that discipline to study at home. I I was cultivating many interests. I do not think that I'm great at discipline, but I I found out methods and systems that allow me to to study and at the same time have a lot of time and freedom to to enjoy life and do whatever I want. I started out. Organizing my schedule as it was in school, because I I did not know anything. Like my mind was just, this is the way it it should be done. So I had、um, a schedule with different topics and times I should study them. It was very similar to school, but、uh, at the time it was the very beginning. I did not know that I could do it differently. Then I started to notice that some things I could work in a very short time. I mean I have. A curriculum that I must study in order to pass the exams. I'm still doing the exams, otherwise I do not have any diploma and I do do not have like the permission to go to university and so on. So I'm studying those and those things. If they interest me, like history, if there is a, a topic of history that interests me, I start studying it all the time I need and everything. Otherwise, I just study it. Well enough to go on and pass the exam, and this gives me a lot of time to the, to study my personal interests that are not、uh, part of the curriculum. One way that I found is very motivating to me and gives me the motivation to work and study with discipline is publishing my work, having like an expectation、uh, to to bring the work in public. I started my blog for this reason. I wanted to become better at、uh, writing, so I started to write like weekly, and I must do it. I imposed myself this, but every week I post something, and people tell me what they think about it. And this 
creates a relationship between me and my public. Mm. It's not really a public. It's a, a few people that will mess up, but I must keep on being accountable. I, I am accountable mm. to them, so I, I must do my work. And I try to do this in every aspect of my study. I mean, mm. I, I'm working on an educational project because I started, I dropped out of school. I started to talk and write on my blog about how school should be different. And in the last weeks, I decided that I want to uh, put in practice what I, what I think sh school should be. I want to dem demonstrate that the, all the things that people that talk about how school should be can be uh, put in practice. And they, they are possible. I mean, there are many schools that do that. In this process, I must study yes. some things about education. I have to, to explain them to my colleagues. They are not really colleagues, but to my peers. We are all working on this project and we are all accountable with each other to, to bring the, our study in order to create this project successfully. I think the key is to do real work, like real life work. Create something with what you're learning. I mean, I'm learning something about history that I want to, to know well. I try to explain it to someone or I try to write a, an article about that and with a, with a date. I mean, for that date, I must have that article that explains that thing. And this makes me want to learn. Yeah, I think you are the very few people I know writing bilingual. Because for me, I write in Chinese and English. Then when yeah. I read your blog, I yeah. say, oh, I found another one, like writing Italian and English. So uh -huh. do you have any challenges when you're writing bilingual? Even if a lot of people, they speak bilingual, but they hardly write in mm. bilingual, but just the English. I find challenges for sure, but I have a problem that's, uh, reverse to what most people that writing bilingual have. I have a big problem, or I had it until a few months ago, writing in Italian. Because I read in English. I mean, I read all the books I read, they're in English. And I read occasionally an Italian book sometimes, but they are like one out of ten. So I, I started to think about uh, written language in English. If I had to write something, I, I wrote that in English, like notes on the books I read or notes on the talks I was listening to. So, um, I, 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 to this day, I have a problem with uh, the Italian language and this, the structure of the Italian language because I, I consume too little uh, material in Italian. I do not have great challenges in writing in, in English. I mean, it depends. If I write about material I consume, books I read, YouTube videos, I do not know what TED Talk, that was in English, it's very easy for me to write that in English. I, I have no problems. When I start writing about things that I thought, I mean, they are my production, my ideas, there is a, a little bit of um, difficulty because I, I obviously think in Italian. I, I need to translate that. But I mean, it's just practice. I started, I started writing bilingual because I, I wanted to become better at, at writing bilingual by doing it. You, you learn how to do it. I think it's the only way to, to learn. What the majority of your readers like? The majority are Italian reader, Italian readers, but I, I have really few readers right now. But the majority of them are Italians yes. because uh, they are friends, family, people I know, and I, I'm not a celebrity. So then there is like a, a 20% that's from the United States, then random countries. I mean, sometimes I have a, a visit from China, from Russia, from Georgia. I mean, 
I, I do not know those people, so they stumble upon my blog, but it's still early for my blog to be <laughs> read. I keep on writing, but I, I'm writing mostly for myself. Sure. It's a very good tool to turn your thinking into the blog, then you can know like, what you really know and what you need to like, add on. Yeah. So how did you come across 1729? Because we know each other on the 1729 Discord community. So how did yeah. you find that website? Mm, I found out about it in the Balaji and Tim Ferriss podcast episode. I don't know if you listened for it, to it. Yeah, I listened to Tim Ferriss. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. After hearing that episode, I, I visited the website right away because I love the idea of practical education and with reward. When you are learning something, and this uh, is very well said in the podcast by Balaji, when you are learning something, you can create valuable things for the world, even if you are just started out. Like, for example, when you just start out learning something, you can teach someone of your level or just below mm-hmm. in better, much better than someone that has learned that thing like 20 years ago. Because you can understand the problems they are facing. This way of thinking, uh, I think, is very valuable for the future of education. You can create. You can create even if you know a little bit. 1729 does this very well. I mean, even if you just uh, review an article, you are creating value for someone. On 1729, you can win a prize, uh, a bounty, and or by doing uh, small projects, by testing things, courses, and it's a win-win situation. I learn and I create value for the world, and that's what I'm trying to do with my blog. Mm. I learn about something, I write about it, and I publish it, creating value for people that read it. And 1729, it gives you the motivation to learn, even if you are not that motivated, because you, you want to win the prize. And it's a, it's a good idea. It's nice, and I like it very much. Exactly, yeah. If you homeschooling, so you, you won't have uh, many chances to networking or know your classmates because most of the time you probably just learn by yourself. So how do you face in this situation and how to build your own network? This was the main thing that prevented me to start homeschooling earlier. I, I wanted to have the social dimension of, of school, but then COVID hit and that has gone away mm-hmm. quickly. So um, yeah. then I decided to homeschool. This has, has been one of the main reasons. The, the social dimension, dimension was not in school anymore. But I realized after some time that I started homeschooling that being free to spend your time mm. with people that you really want to spend your time with, mm-hmm. you can create much uh, deeper connections True. and much more valuable relationships mm. for everyone. And now I'm one of the things I started to do is cultivate and create relationships with people that are not my age. And this is a thing that in school happens rarely. I mean, you have the professors that are older and they are like another category. And then you have your classmates that are all born in those one, two, three years apart from you. And <laughs> it makes yeah. no sense. I mean, yeah. It's beautiful to have relationships with people your age, and I have many, I mean, most of them. But then there are a lot of people that are very interesting, that maybe have 20, 30 years more than you, 
why not spend some time with them and learn from them and do things together? There's really no reason not to do that. And I started to, to work at projects with people. I'm working with a, with a sculptor. I, I was in art school until last year. Yeah, and I started to, to attend the workshop of this sculptor here in Bologna. He was a, a teacher in the art academy of the city. So he's like a great sculptor in this area. And I started to work with him side to side in a, a real life, not in academia. So this has been really transformative to me because I, I friends with him, but he is 80, 80. I would not ever have uh, created a relationship with someone uh, of that age in school. But it's really valuable to me. He has a lot of, uh, of experience. And I have a lot of experience in the mm. world of today. I mean, he does not understand anything about technology. And I, I explain it to him. And he learns a lot from me. And I learn a lot from his life mm. experience. And mm. this situation, I think it's these relationships. And uh, there are many of them. You can build infinite relationships mm. that are uh, each, each one valu valuable to every of the two people in a different manner and they are not uh, rep you cannot do that in traditional mm. school it does not happen like you have people of your age and it's important because you are learning almost the same same things and you have similar life experiences at the same time and it's important to to relate yeah. to people that are doing the same things and uh, passing through the same difficulties but then you, you must also learn from people that have already done some things, that have already passed through some steps in life, and that uh, have already achieved something, maybe something that you want to achieve. And you can learn a lot of, from those. I think that you can build like a, a, a much better network outside of school than in school. True. So to me, so from primary school to university, I probably had hundreds of classmates, but now I only keep in touch less than mm -hmm. three people. <laughs> I just say like all the classroom, yeah. they filled with people randomly. They probably don't share the same vision or same goal with you. So there's no point to you just keep in touch with exactly. everyone. I think it's more important to know what you really want and mm -hmm. what do you want to achieve than make your network of friends accordingly. Yeah, you can make a network of friends that have the same values mm -hmm. and without the limits of the of your classroom of your school of people your age and it's fantastic you have limitless possibilities true true so how do you cope with the peer pressure when you choose this on euro path because you mentioned a lot of people probably doubting or misunderstood your motivations because mm. i know when i was young i was very insecure if some of my peers or other people keep criticizing my decision. I probably have a self-doubt. So how do you cope with that pressure? I doubted, uh, I doubted about my, my choice many times. I mean, it, it has not been uh, an easy path. Mm. But most of the time, many people, many of my classmates, just assumed that I was dropping out of school so uh, I would be like, uh, a truck dealer. Or <laughs> I will have, uh, yeah, 
something like that. You, you will go living uh, under a bridge somewhere. <laughs> but th- those people that said those things were the ones that I did not, I, I do not want to have like to build a relationships with, with, with them. True. I do not have, I do not have anything uh, <laughs> against them, yeah. but they are just not my type. Mm. And the, there have been other of my classmates that supported me, were really interested about my choice. So I, I developed my relationships accordingly with them. And my strategy so far has been just ignoring, ignoring all the people that are not understanding or that are not trying to understand my choice. Because I, I, I perfectly agree with uh, the people that think that my choice is, is wrong, but they must uh, at least try to, to comprehend my choice. If they try, I explain it to them, they understand my position and then disagree. That's fine. But if they just if they just judge me without trying to to think, I, I do not care. Why should I? <laughs> exactly. It reminds me about the famous philosopher Saturn. Or I don't know how to pronounce his mm-hmm. name in French. Yeah, he said, "Hails are others." That's true. Yeah, determined on your own path. Yeah, ignore others. The reality is that most of the people maybe they say something that's not nice about your choice, mm-hmm. but they do not really care. No one really cares. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my parents care about my my choices, but they are also they also put in the time to understand them, and I can explain my choices to them. Other people they are just into their life, and and that's fine. I mean, everyone is doing their thing. No one really cares about what others are doing. So why why worry? Mm-hmm. What do you wish other generation can know better about your generation? I think you probably grew up with all the digital devices and internet. So what's the misunderstanding or stereotype other generations hold on your generation and you wish them to understand your generation better? The first thing is that technology is not useless. I mean, most of the, of the people of older generations, at least here in Italy, here we have a big problem of digi- digitalization. Not, not really about the infrastructure, but the people do not know how to use the things. And I had this problem with m- many of older people that maybe have a smartphone, they are on Facebook, but do not understand the impact that these technologies can have on their lives. And I, th- I see that many of the people my age uh, see that much more cre- clearly. I mean, we have been, I grew up with digital technologies, and it's normal to me. I can see all the all, all the, the possibilities that you can give. I mean, not all of them, but much more than someone that just uses the, the phone to call someone or uses Facebook. Many of the people, of the older people, just know the uh, social network side of the internet or um, video games. So if you are on, on your computer, they assume that you are either on Facebook or mm-hmm. playing video games. And... There is nothing wrong about being on Facebook or playing video games, but you can do much more things with a, with a computer. Another thing is about borders. I mean, my parents and the people of their generation think in a much more national manner. I mean, they have the borders of Italy, and this is the world. <laughs> then there, there are other countries. You can go abroad. You can know people of other cultures. But... For the people of my generation, 
even if you live in China, I can I can talk with you on on, on the internet, and there is no problem. There is not True. any real uh, barrier anymore. This changes the the way people think. I mean, I do not have any problem consider talking to someone on in another country. I mean, I'm doing that right now, but. For many people uh, in of older generation, this is just something absurd that happens only if you are interviewed by international TV or something like that. While now it's it's really easy to do, yeah. and we should do that, and we should take it as normal. I mean, it's a beautiful tool. We should do that, and this is the main thing: not understanding the impact and the possibilities that are opened up by information technology mm. they change the, the way you think having a, a smartphone and knowing how to use it changes the way you think you are not uh, confined by your national borders by your language i mean i can speak like english decently and i can understand very well i can read i can write and it's a second language to me, but not like a second language that I use to um, to talk with people when I happen to when it happens to me that I encounter some someone from another place. I use it daily. I use it as as an important part of my life. A third of the time I pass listening to some to someone, he speaks in English, mostly of name on the internet. This is unbelievable for many of the people that grew up in, in a world where this was very difficult. I mean, my grandparents, my grandparents never heard anyone speak English. Really? Never. Wow. Because, <laughs> well, so I don't know. Yeah. Some, someone, they, they, they must have listened to someone. Yeah. But it's, it was far more exotic. Yeah. I mean, someone from England, mm. it was a foreigner. He, he came from a distant land. I mean, and now it's just so common. <laughs> as close as your neighbor. Yeah. yeah. We have a different, I mean, I think that we as a generation think or like the, uh, I do not know the names. I think I am Gen Z. Gen Z, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we think about the global situation. We think much more globally than most people of older generations. Thanks to the internet. Yeah. So last question, what, what gets you most excited about the future? There are many things that make me excited. I mean, most of them. I'm really excited about the future of how we organize society, startup cities, but even uh, autonomous cities and charter cities. There is a whole movement that's starting now, I think. Mm. And, but it's, it's still very niche. No one talks about this. One time I, I tried to explain to my girlfriend about uh, private cities and charter cities. And she thought I, I was mad that this was not possible. I mean, wh what are you talking about? Stop saying that. Then I started to, and it was one or two years ago, I read a book, Free Private Cities. I do not know who the author is. Then I started to, to see this idea being mm. put into, prax into practice. I mean, there are uh, Prospera in Honduras or Praxis. I do not know if you have heard of Praxis Society. Mm. They are working on, a, on building a city in the Mediterranean. Oh, okay. And cool. even the whole discourse that uh, developed around startup cities yeah. and Balajis, 
mm-hmm. talks about that a lot of about about that. I think that that's really exciting to me because we. I think I believe it's the next step after the nation state. Mm. There is this along with crypto. I mean, also crypto gets me really excited about the future. And then there will be like the massive super states like China or I don't know the European Union if it if it manages to go on uh, America. I mean, but we are seeing the decline of a model which has been that of the nation state. And something else is 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 growing. It's so crypto, startup cities, many of the topics that are <laughs> central to seventeen twenty nine. Yeah, and the future of education. The future of education is really important to me. I believe that we just have to to build it from the ground up again in a in a different manner. I'm working on this. I think that it will be like my next project my next really big project <laughs> trying to change education wow that's very exciting thank you so much for for your time yeah it's a pleasure talking to you on my show oh, it's been really interesting thank you